It's the California, 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 California Country Podcast. The show written and performed by California country artists and all about California country. As we go up and down the state in search of California's goal. Hosted by California native Dave Bernal, also known as Just Dave. I'm your redneck resident program director, Casey Cannon, Texafornian. It's all of a sudden below there's California. Let's get this thing started now, Dave. Major lesson there. All right. Yes, always. Well, my lesson My lesson is always be rolling. That's always I, roll. Always hey, roll, man. Listen, I, I could tell you that lesson because uh, when we made uh, Jerry Jeff's first and second record, and I guess even the third, uh, when he would sit down on a stool to get ready, he would just start playing. <laughs> start playing a song, and... Uh, about halfway through it, uh, the the engineer kind of wised up and goes, hey, wait a minute, let's go back and start over. And he goes, well, I'm sitting here as soon as I <laughs> sit down, my God, you know, we're recording. What am I paying so, you for? <laughs> yeah, from then on, it was uh, just rolling uh, miles and miles and miles of tape. Uh well, speaking of which, I am rolling right now. I've learned my lesson already. So, Whee! welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the California Country Show. I'm your host, just Dave, along with uh, my co-host to my stage right, Mr. Casey Cannon. That's me. And uh, that that uh, cosmic voice on the phone over there, uh, uh, in the background, or hopefully in the foreground, if I can mix this uh, this right here. Texas singer songwriting legend, Mr. Bob Livingston. How you Whee! doing there, Bob? How you doing, David Casey? Great to be with you today. Well, we're excited, man. Uh, I've been doing a little research on some things, and of course, if if you can look up Bob and play along with our home game, uh, please go to Bob Livingston Music and and learn a couple things not only about him and his influence on the scene uh, in in Austin and in Texas in general, but who he's played with and all sorts of things. Uh, and he's a Red Raider. He's a Red Raider. <laughs> yes, he was. He is. <laughs> I'm burnt orange all the way through. <laughs> Lubbock has gotten a little better. Uh, you know, Lubbock was uh, kind of one of the things considered the armpit of uh, Texas in a way for a while, for a long time. But and I mean, I moved out of there in 1969, but and I've never really gone back. But uh, but just to play. And but there's a great art scene. There's always been a great music scene, and uh, but uh, there's a really good art scene. A lot of nice folks live in there now, so I really enjoy Lubbock when I get to go. Yeah, it's a cool town. I, I like Lubbock. Beautiful ladies. You better really. Believe it. <laughs> All right, change my change my plans. Then maybe I won't go. Most of my buddies from high school either went to uh, Texas Tech, TCU, or UT. We didn't really leave Texas. <laughs> yeah, I know. What's the point? <laughs> now, are you originally from Texas there, Bob? Say it again, I'm sorry. Are you originally from Texas? Yes, I was born in San Antonio, but when I was about nine or ten, we moved up to Lubbock, and I uh, lived there, uh, went to, you know, graduated from Lubbock High School, where Buddy Holly went. Wow. Nice. A few other people. 
and then uh, went to Tech for a couple of years, and then, like I say, in 1969, I won the lottery. When you win the lottery, uh, your life changes. It was the first draft lottery of 1969. Oh, wow. That is amazing. And, I had no idea. Wow. How much did you win? Yeah. Uh, well, no. What I what I want is my life uh, oh. because I, I win the I win the lottery and I got a number number three hundred nine. You know the drill. They put all the yep. birthdays, all the days of the year. That lottery. Bowl, the guy on all three television networks. Everybody sweating bullets. Girlfriends, and boyfriends, and moms and dads, especially the guys. And you know you you could be a you could have been pulled out number one. You had a student deferment if you went to college, mm-hmm. but um, which I did, but. The only reason I was in college is to stay uh, away from Vietnam as far as I could stay. And when I, I got number 309, which meant I would never be drafted, and I pretty much left school the next day. <laughs> <laughs> already had the guitar? I already had the guitar. Oh, I, I took off. I I, uh, I went to, I'd gotten a gig in Red River, New Mexico. And I took off and... I was playing this show one day, and you know, when I say show, it's just basically for tips mm-hmm. and uh, and room and board and tips. And they put a sign over my head that said, "Singer survival depends on donations." Oh, and man. I just want you to know, brothers and sisters, nothing has changed. <laughs> uh, and, Ain't that the truth? And um, but I was playing, and and down the road uh, came. Uh, Walk in, a guy and says, "You need to hear this band down in uh, down the street, and uh, they have their own club, and uh, it was called the Outpost, and the group was called Three Faces West, mm-hmm. and it was Rick Fowler, Wayne Kidd, and this wise ass named Ray Hubbard, uh-huh. and that's when I first met uh, Ray, and he he and I wrote songs together, and they were hilarious." Uh, He's one of my favorites. Great players, mm. great harmonies, and uh, they were one of the biggest influences on my life. Uh, just to see what live music, you know, guys that were relatively my age and were so polished and so good. They were a folk duo, but they did songs by people that they, they introduced me to a whole other world. Johnny Vandiver, Keith Sykes, Tom Rush, these really obscure Gordon Lightfoot songs, mm. uh, and Mike Murphy. Michael Martin uh, Murphy, those yeah. Songs, he, you know him as Michael Martin Murphy, but he was just Mike Murphy then. And um, they, they were playing his, he had already written Wildfire. Wow.
Playing all those great songs, and I learned some of them, and it kind of went in my repertoire. And the next step for me was to go out to the wild, wild west of Southern California. Boom! Oh, we've already and, gone full uh, circle. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, uh, full circle several times. <laughs> well, about what about what year is this, so I can get an idea of who was in the scene then? Well, uh, what had happened is uh, I had to go. You know, it was 1969, and really, I met Ray and those guys, and I went back to school not knowing what I was going to do. Uh, and that winter, December 2nd, is when the draft lottery was held. Mm -hmm. And so, suddenly, I get a good draft lottery number, and I go, all right. Well, I, I took off for Aspen, Colorado, and this is the winter of 1970, and I was, I guess you say, quote, discovered out there by an agent uh, named Randy Fred, who was uh, he was an agent for a lot of movie stars, stuff like that. He heard me play, and he said, I think I can get your record deal. Meet me in California. So I go to Los Angeles. He lived on Beverly Glen, and I took off. And uh, I got there, so I got there that uh, 
somewhere around March of 1970, and pretty much I got the record deal hmm. on Capitol Records, and I was Heard driving that. down this dusty dirt road in the middle of Los Angeles one day when the hand of fate just kind of came out and steered my little Datsun pickup truck to the side of the road where there was this hitchhiker, and he jumped in, and uh, we trade each other our life stories. Mine lasted about two blocks. Nothing <laughs> really much had happened to me. But this guy was from Germany. He worked on foreign cars. And he said, the only other Texan I know is from Dallas. His name is Mike Murphy. He's a <laughs> musician, too. And Well, that guy became the governor of California, but that's another story. <laughs> wow. 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. No, but, you know, he was. He was from Germany, and he, and he, and he worked on Murphy's car, and he said, uh, and I gave him my name and number, and I said, God, you know, it'd be, wouldn't it be something to meet Mike Murphy? I mean, I thought, I mean, I wouldn't be talking to you right now if I hadn't stopped for this hitchhiker. Because... Wow. Murphy, I gave him my name and number. Murphy called me that night. Who are you? What, what are you doing? Why am I supposed to call you? Well, I made Three Faces West. and I learned your songs, and it's as good as anything I've ever heard since the Beatles. And he said, you know, you're a genius, and we need to meet. <laughs> don't stop. <laughs> so so we did. Stop. We met, and we, I, I moved up to Wrightwood, which is where he lived. And this is all 1970, and, uh, you know, Wrightwood's up there. Love it. Chilau up there. Uh, you know, just a great place, and and I lived up there in a little A-frame. Got snowed in a few times, wrote mm. songs. My record deal fell through with Capital. It just, you know, Capital was what? awash with money from the Beatles. I've and, heard of that. Uh, yeah. They were throwing stuff on the yeah, that little country band from Liverpool, <laughs> and they were throwing stuff. You know, they were throwing anything they could against the wall, see if it stuck. They signed a lot of people, and I was one of them, and. They were. They started losing a lot of money before any. I mean, I never even made the record. They gave me some money, but uh, at some point they just let everybody go mm. and 150 artists. And uh, so suddenly I'm out of a deal. And I, I, I told Murphy. I said, Murphy, what am I going to do, man? Uh, I don't know. I may have to go back. I, you know, when something like that happens, when things are rolling, and suddenly you're Kink in the chain, you're man. out. Mm -hmm. It's a big sea change. And uh, he said, man, I've got some gigs in, back in uh, Texas. He says, why don't you come play bass with me? And I said, well, I don't know how to play bass. He goes, you'll learn. And he handed me a Fender Precision <laughs> bass. And e -bass. so suddenly I became, from being a singer, songwriter, and folky on my own, uh, I was playing, I was able to make a living playing bass. And one thing led to another. And and uh, you know this uh, i'm writing a book about all this i was about pretty, to say this could be a pretty know. damn good book bob well you know this is all in it uh, it's with texas tech press is my publisher and um so i'm full circle with that too maybe i'll call the book full circle <laughs> but you can use they, this uh, as, you've already you've already saved some money here uh you can use this as the audiobook portion of the uh, <laughs> the audio book there you go there you go yeah <laughs> uh, you know uh but i i i did i I, I become suddenly I was a bass player in a backup capacity. We went, yeah. to, we went back to Texas, but before we did, uh, uh, Murphy said, "Hey man, you need to you need to meet this guy. He's playing down at the Troubadour. His name is Jerry Jeff Walker, mm. and yeah. uh, he had been an old friend. and And so Jerry Jeff was opening for Linda Ronstadt at the Troubadour, uh, and so we went awesome. out there, and he was a solo and 
so that's my main memory. You know, when you're writing a book, when you're writing and you're, you start, it almost starts to become like a movie and you're just taking dictation. And so what I remember is I'm sitting in the audience and this guy, Jerry Jeff, walks out on stage and he's wearing a cowboy hat and he looks pretty cool and he's got this really cool guitar, which I pay attention to, and, he, <laughs> and, he, and, he, and it's a guild. And he sits down and crosses his legs and his pants kind of come up over his boots and these boots have this big JJW uh, monogram on there. Mm. And they were Charlie Dunn boots. And it's the first mm. time I'd ever seen anybody that had custom-made boots. Really cool looking. Really nice ones. And really nice ones. <laughs> and, uh, and, and then all these little ancillary memories start creeping in when I'm writing all this. And, and I remember walking into the bar and there's Glenn Fry. And Tom Henley, who are playing with uh, Linda Ronstadt, and they're just kind of sitting in there, just regular guys at this point. They're just her backup band. Wow. And I'd met them a couple of, <laughs> I'd met them two or three other times down in, down in time. But, uh, so that was my first introduction to Jerry Jeff. We uh, kind of went on our way, but later I met up with him again in Red River, and he was writing these songs for his, his he had gotten a new record deal with MCA, and uh, he, you know, he wrote High Hill Country Rain, yep. uh, Charlie Dunn, OB Dub Guitar, mm. uh, Salvation Army Band, all those songs that he wrote up in Red River when he finally hit Austin. This was uh, late 1971. Uh, that's how I kind of got, you know, I was playing with Murphy, but I was also playing with Jerry Jeff. And we were collecting other musicians along the way that became known as the Los Gonzo Band. The Los Gonzo Band, which you guys have been basically together and not together for, I mean, I, I, 30, 40 years? I mean, it, uh, well, when was the last time you guys got together? Well, uh, not too long ago. Last year, we did a, a reunion. We do two or three shows a year. Hmm. Uh, uh, just uh, whenever somebody really wants us for a private party or can pay us pretty good. Because Gary, you know, Gary Nunn is in it. John Edmund. And... and Garrett P. Nunn, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, uh, you know, incidentally, I'm the, uh, one of my claims to fame is, uh, and Gary's claim to fame, I guess, is on Viva Terlingua, I'm the guy that said, that was Gary P. Nunn. Awesome. Because I wanted people to know that that wasn't Jerry Jeff singing. Ah. <laughs> you know, and I just thought, you know, we're recording it live, and I just, you know, Gary does it, and the place goes crazy, and people start pouring beer on their heads and rolling around the aisles, has this great reaction to this first time they'd ever heard the song, and incidentally, the first time we had ever played it in our lives, we had only heard it once, and spontaneously, Jerry Jeff turned to Gary and said, play that song about London you played this the other day, <clears throat> and uh, Gary, Gary started playing it, and Got to the chorus, home with the armadillas. And then one, you know, the second verse, second chorus. By that time, everybody in the place knows it somehow. It's a Texas hymn. Got to put myself back in that place again. Well, when you're down on your luck And you ain't got a buck In London, you're a goner Even London Bridge has fallen down and moved to Arizona. Now I know why. 
And I'll substantiate the rumor that the English sense of humor is drier than the Texas sand. You can put up your dukes or you can bet your boots, but I'm leaving just as fast as I can. I wanna go home with the armadillo. Good country music from Amarillo and Abilene. The friendliest people and the prettiest women you ever seen. Well, it's cold over here. And I swear, I wish they'd turn the heat on. And where in the world is that English girl I promised I would meet on the third floor? And of the whole damn lot, the only friend I got is a smoke a cheap guitar My mind keeps roaming My heart keeps longing To be home in a Texas bar I wanna go home with the armadillo Get my cowboy hat and go down to Marble Art Station. Cause when a Texan fancies, he'll take his chances. Chances will be taken, that's for sure. And them limey eyes, they were eyeing a prize. Some Call manly footwear And they said you're from down south And when you open your mouth You always seem to put your foot there
made it feel so good. That was Gary P. Nunn. And at the end of the song, we, we, we kept singing the chorus over and over and over. And at the end of the song, this adulation was wasting over Gary, who was so blown away. This is the first time anybody had ever paid attention to his own songs. He was in a, you know, Gary was a rocker. He was a, uh-huh. he was in cover bands. And so he had always wanted to write until he met Murphy. He didn't know what that would be like. Hmm. And suddenly, the, uh, the producer, uh, we had a world-class recording unit in Lukenbach in this funky little dance hall. The whole town had to be rewired for electricity because it wouldn't take it. And and the producer, Michael Brodsky, came running out of the truck. He was so blown away. He says, that was unbelievable. He says, but the problem is the tape broke. <laughs> We've got to do it again. <laughs> and uh, and, and he, so he kept, he, we missed the first one, but that's when Gary says, i got to put myself back in that place, you know. Uh-huh. And so at least and we kind of knew the chords now. And so the second time we had ever played the song, and really only the third time we'd ever heard it, was when we played it. <laughs> and it was real slow and prodding, but, you know, <laughs> at the end of it, you know, I said, that was Gary P. Nunn, and, and uh, that's been one of the Texas anthems. Ab- absolutely Texas is. Anthems. Hey, so the name The Lost Gonzos, yeah, I'm a big Hunter Thompson fan, so is that directly from, uh, you know, Fear and Loathing and uh, Buffalo Rome? And- <laughs> absolutely. Hmm. Uh, on the, After our first album, or, or even even while we were recording it, uh, we we did a live show at Castle Creek, this club in Austin, and I was reading Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. And we, Gary Nunn had this old black checker cab, you know, with the big back, long back seat. It was like a little, <laughs> and it was painted black. It was like a little weird limo that we, and that's the band drove around in the checker cab. And um, uh, it was a checker. And so I'm reading Hunter Thompson. And as we're in those days, before we had a name for the band, we were still playing with Jerry Jeff, but we would have different names and we might be the hoodlums of love or the <laughs> rodeo, rodeo, riffraff. Was make another it up, one of them. Make it up as you go. We'd make them up. And I was always, I'd always introduce ladies and gentlemen, it's Jerry Jeff Walker and the hoodlums of love. And, and so that night, uh, I said, let's be the Gonzo band. Let's, let's be the lost Gonzo band. It was just, it was just another in a, long list of names and we didn't know it would ever stick but jerry jeff who had was kind of pals with hunter thompson it he took to it he Is said that right? that's it yeah did y'all ever so, yeah, get to meet uh, did you ever get to meet uh oscar himself uh no i did not maybe jerry jeff did we got to meet hunter a few times oh what was that and like i think that well, he was just, he was, you know, hey, we were dealing with one of the most gonzo characters of all time, Jerry Jeff <laughs> Walker. So okay. yeah. Hunter was it's true. Hunter was really. <laughs> you, know how, you know how I met Jerry Jeff Walker? I used to work for uh, uh, Ray Hanning out there. And, uh, oh, you did? Oh, I worked for the music store for a couple of years, and Jerry Jeff came in every day, especially before shows. Every, and he would yeah. take a guitar. I think I got a sale. Nope, he'd bring it right back the next day, just using it for show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Ray's like, give him whatever yeah. he wants. Yeah. And Jerry, you got to get your sales up. <laughs> well, Jerry Jeff not only hit uh, Ray Hitting's uh, uh, store, but he hit every, he hits every, still does every guitar store in town. He'll just make the rounds. And he goes back and he plays one and plays it and plays it. And he says, 
I'm going to try to get it. And Susan, you know, here's a guy that's very <laughs> successful, probably a millionaire several times over, and but he has to justify any guitar he gets. So he'll kind of buy it clandestinely and then figure out how to get rid of another guitar that he may have because he only has like a couple of, maybe two acoustics and maybe electric because uh, his wife makes sure that he's not frivolous <laughs> and having a bunch of guitars hanging on the wall. But the funny thing about Jerry Jeff is he can buy this J45 and play it for a while and the side doesn't want it and sell it for more than he paid for yeah, it. Because it's his. It. Yeah. Because it's his. And I've got one of his guitars and it's kind of like that. That's awesome. So um, it's, tell me about coming to California because I, I obviously you've... Uh, of course, you've been here before. Uh, since '69, have you been here before? But uh, what about California? Are you excited to see see again? I mean, are you are you a frequent visitor to California? This is my first time. Speaking of which, but let me let me do a backstory here. Um, we're bringing in Bob Livingston to the Maui Sugar Mill Saloon on July 22nd in uh, Tarzana, California. Uh, it's gonna be a good one. It'll be a great show. Be a great show. Um, and we're we're happy to hear him tell some stories and sing some songs. But he's got a lot of a slew of other dates. So so tell me about these dates and and how that came along and uh, and um, all that if you can. Well, um, uh, the f- funny thing that happened was that um, you know I have a friend out there. I've got you know, I've come and gone from California for years and played out the courts with Jerry Jeff, but then in the Gonzo Band we played the Great American Music Hall in San. Uh, San Francisco, we played the Catalyst and, and Santa Cruz. So we did a lot of stuff with the Gonzo Band, too. And then years later, uh, I would come out there and play. Uh, I had a, there was a lawyer friend of mine uh, named John York who lived in Berkeley, and he was like a pretty radical lawyer from, and <laughs> and he would hire me to play this private party. And that hmm. was my anchor date. So I would always fly into Oakland, rent a car, go over there to Berkeley, play his date. And then tool around Southern California and Northern California and play, you know, basically solo dates. Uh, Don Quixote's, uh, uh, just some places like that up and down the, the coast. So uh, I, I was, I have a friend, his name is Benford Stanley, and he he always is posting stuff on Facebook, and I see it. And like he'll have a picture of himself with Merle Haggard and Clint Eastwood saying, <laughs> this is our new, you know, our... Uh, cowboy gathering or whatever. And, and it looked like he was promoting these things. And I, I looked at that. And I said, God, so I wrote, I wrote a comment. Hey man, I'd, I'd love to be part of this sometime. This is just recent. This is last year. Hmm. And, uh, he, he said, Hey Ken. And he kind of, uh, talked to this guy named Ken McMeans. Yeah, I know Ken. Ken. Absolutely. What can, what can we do to get Bob out here? And, you know, I was like, who do I have to, you know what, to, get to make this happen? <laughs> and um, and so this guy, Ken, says, well, this is my job, Bob. I'm an agent here. And uh, I'd love to have you out and love to promote some shows for you. So that's how it all started, and to, at, this, at least this tour. So I'm playing a lot of places that I've never played before. Yeah. And I'm, I'm heading out on the uh, um, 19th. I'm flying out, getting that flying out to Oakland again, get me a car and just drive that drive that tour. So that's gonna be the uh, the first date July twentieth in Paso Robles? Uh I'm 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 seeing if I can come up with my uh, schedule right now. I don't uh, have it in front of me. Well I've yeah, got it in front Paso Robles. 
Yeah, okay, I've got the yeah. schedule here. The Mr. Organized has got it right here. Yeah, I got the schedule here, and we'll yeah. be able to post that if everyone uh, listening to the show. Will It'll go be to on your... Facebook and on the uh, website, or at least on the. Uh, uh, oh, definitely Facebook page. Too. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, yeah. If you go to if you go to facebook.com slash Cal Country Show, which is our our website where we uh, post uh, when the next show's up, you can hear. Uh, you can see uh, the the photo of those shows, and of course, the one that I'm directly involved in is the uh, the Wednesday at Maui Sugar Mill Saloon. Which, by the way, we love uh, to support roots music, uh, country, obviously Texas and California, mixing those styles together, and uh, it's one of those. You know, it's a uh, it's a it's a it's, it's a, a hoot. It's a dive bar in the middle of the San Fernando Valley. I mean, I mean, you know, some know. of these dive bars are the best because <laughs> yeah. people who really love music come out, and when you got a bar full of people who love music, it's a beautiful feeling. Yeah. Yeah, that, there's nothing better. Nothing better. That's great. Uh, what can we expect? Uh, are you are you planning anything specific that you're going to sing, or specific stories that you're going to tell? Give people a little preview. Of what, well, uh, you know, I, I might I might tell a story I just told you about meeting uh, up with Murphy. What I do, I've done, I've gone on and become, uh, I've done a lot of foreign tours. And the way I became a storyteller is because I've done 32 countries now, and I've done. I did the many, many, many of them for the United States State Department, mm-hmm. and uh, in places that you wouldn't think this kind of music would go over, like <laughs> India and Pakistan and Syria, uh, all over the Middle East, Africa, and I would try to put people in the scene. And I had, uh, I might do a song, and and I I would tell the story of this song how it came to be. And uh, I realized that people really appreciated the song. It informed the song. Then they could be closer to it. And no, it's not just me. I had a guy, and I was in Oman, and we played for the uh, U.S. ambassador of Oman's house. And it was Fortress America, you know, like this mansion. With and then invite the State Department will like invite uh, everybody that's in the Omani government that might have gone to school in America. Wow. And so this place. This place is packed, and the finance minister, uh, you know, he's probably a, he's probably a billionaire. Who knows? And and he says, uh, one of my greatest memories is going to, uh, you know, my, I went to MIT, and my 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 cousin, my my cousin lived in Alabama. <laughs> he said I would fly down there to see him, and we'd rent a car and drive to the south, listening to country music. <laughs> and he said it was just a great feeling, but I never understood country music until today. You know, because of your stories, they just you know. And that's when it, when he said that to me, <laughs> excuse me, and a lot of other people have remarked about how the stories really help them understand the song. So I do that in my show. I became a storyteller, um, and it's it's morphing into a book. And I just kind of tell stories, and I do a kind of, kind of chronology of Texas music in a way things awesome. that I was part of. And uh, but I also do a lot of the songs that uh, I I wrote when I was in India, for instance. Who, who's going to play the Indian experiences? Who's going to play the young Bob in the movie? Yeah. Ah, uh, uh, yes, yes. Well, well, maybe uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Robert, uh, he he'd be a it good can't one. Can't be Robert Redford because he's older than me. But, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna I be, don't know. Yeah, one of these young one of these young kids, like the guy that played uh, Mark Zuckerberg in uh, in the the Facebook movie. You know, something like that. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna make sure that well, what's Channing Channing Tatum plays me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Ken McMean has has a stable of young. I don't know if you ever looked at his roster. Yeah. He, he has. He and I have done some shows together. Amazing young. Singer-songwriters uh, from Nashville, especially. Yeah, it's been. And great. I'm really proud to be on his roster. You know, being an old dinosaur, singing <laughs> dinosaur blues as I am. 
Well, we're real happy to have you on on not only this show, but you know the fact that you're coming to California. Looking forward to it, folks. This Next be... one, this this coming week. It's yeah, a, yeah. Wednesday the the twenty second at nine p.m. It's getting close. I better pack. Uh, so yeah. L.A. listeners, even let... a, even Bakersfield. Indio. Yeah, yeah, you'll be, uh, oh man, I mean, he'll be, oh, speaking of which, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, when you come to California, I mean, do you find that there's, I mean, obviously there's got to be a, a good crowd for what you do. I mean, this is, uh, coming back to California has got to be great to see all these people again. I mean, what kind of response are you getting from uh, from the West? Because we certainly feel that we're influenced crazy uh, from Texas sure. music, oh, obviously. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you have a lot of Texas fans out here for sure. Yeah, we do, and and you know one of the one of the keys, of course, is to make that bridge from the Jerry Jeff has gazillions of fans out there, oh, and to does. make that bridge to let them know that I'm out there and that I was part of the. So this is why we're doing a lot of radio and stuff like that to let them know that I was so much part of the of the Jerry Jeff Walker, Michael Martin Murphy, uh, Will, uh, Ray Wiley Hubbard, <clears throat> Stephen Frum hosts a lot mm-hmm. of the Texas artists. I uh, played on all their records, uh, you know, and, and, and I played on most of Jerry Jeff's stuff. So, uh, you know, and always, if I can just get in front of the crowd, I can entertain them. I can make them happy. I used to and say I that. And I do a lot of audience participation and a yeah. lot of, uh, uh, if I can just get the, get the people mm-hmm. out, I'll, I'll, uh, they'll have a good time, I can guarantee it. One thing I remember seeing uh, from looking you up, Bob, because I, I uh, uh, Texas is, uh, you know, I'm learning about it, is uh, a video of you singing not fade away in about 20 different countries and and yes. you know and you said you went to the same high school as buddy holly it's not, it's kind of a cool thing to see like you know teaching people that that which yeah. i think is a world rhythm i think that bump bump oh, that's that's a world rhythm it's absolutely a world rhythm and i could tell you when i would go over there and play these tours like let's say i'm in india and and what the State Department would do, I said, look, I want to play with local musicians on their indigenous instruments. We'd like to do an East-West experiment in East-West. You know, Rudyard Kipling oh, said yeah. East is East and West is West and never the twain show me. That's what everybody remembers. But he goes on in this point to say, but there be neither East nor West nor border nor breed nor birth when two strong men come face to face, though they come from the ends of the earth. So wow. that... It's beautiful. That part right there is what I want to be. That's what I'm part of. I want to. I want to East and West to be. So when I was in India, I would get these, you know, tabla players and sitar players, and they would come in, and we did a little rehearsal. And invariably, especially the drummer said, "I don't think that the Eastern and West can meet. You just do your song, and we'll do a song. And there's no. We play in different time signatures, different modes, and." Uh, you know, we don't know this stuff. And I go, I'm telling you, this will work. I don't <laughs> think so. I don't think so. And I do this beat. And they say, oh, you mean that beat? Oh, well, I know that beat. It's like that Bo Diddley. The Bo Diddley, Buddy yeah. Holly beat is primal in away. all culture. It is a, not, yeah. and, and so I would do not fade away. Plus it has this universal message that says love is real. It doesn't fade away. Love is real. And people took to it. They gravitated. They loved the song. And they would all clap. And they would sing, not fade away, not fade away. i get them singing along, you know. And <laughs> when we were in Yemen, my son and I, Tucker, who is this great guitar player, and he did the tours with me. He just came back uh, from India. He stayed in India, and he's, he learned Indian music. But uh, 
he he and I were out on the road, and we went to all over the Middle East. So we were in this one. Uh, we went to this art college in Yemen, of all places, and all it was just packed. No PA, nothing. Just mm-hmm. packed in there. It was really hot and sweaty. And all the women, the young women, they had what they call the hajib. The only thing you could see is their eyes. Yeah. And they're all in this class. <clears throat> and they're listening to it, and they're laughing, and they're singing along. And so there's this one young woman right in front of me, and I said, this is a song by a guy from my hometown. And, you know, because the world speaks English. That's what's amazing. <laughs> they can get English. They, We're the that, dumb ones. That's what, that's what gets us all together is English. Yeah. And so they could understand everything I said, especially in the universities. This is written by Buddy Holly from my hometown. It was about how big and how wonderful and beautiful his love was for this girl in Miss Honey's English class. And this young woman sitting right there on the front row, when she heard me say how big and how wonderful his love was for this girl, mm-hmm. she goes, yes, yes, <laughs> you know. And so this song just kind of was able to break down those barriers in such a beautiful way because it says love is real. Love is real. doesn't fade away. And I think everybody can relate to that. Oh, absolutely. So and that's on the record. Uh, my, my latest album is called Gypsy Alibi. It won the album of the year, the Texas Music Awards. I want to give a plug for that. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it has a track on it. It's a bonus track, and it is Not Fade Away, which was recorded in Bangladesh, of all, that, wow. of all people, with one of the hottest tabla players you ever heard in your life. And it was just recorded on a cassette player. Yeah. And so it's pretty distorted, but you can really get the, it definitely gets the point across. And I tell, I kind of tell the story in the front of it. And then this guy, Chandan Dutta is his name. And he's a kick-ass tabla player that, you know, they're, they're just so far above musically. This The Indian and uh, yeah. um, music is so advanced in a way, but so ancient. Now, you know, we're going to do this song here. I was, uh, I was actually raised in Lubbock, Texas. There was a boy, his name was Buddy Holly. And Buddy would probably love this idea of having his songs done all over the, all over India and Pakistan and Bangladesh. And we've had tabla, we've had these experiments placed before, and uh, it kind of works out pretty good. And this is a song that Buddy Holly wrote probably, well, you can imagine he was in senior high at Lubbock High School, and there was this beautiful young girl across the aisle from him, and he kept looking at her all year long, but he couldn't ever get up the courage to say anything to her, so he went home and he wrote this song about her as how big his love was for her. And so we're going to try it here.
what happened was Buddy Holly, he went home And he's trying to come up With the perfect line to describe how big his love was For this young girl I mean, it was as big as the Himalayas, you know But that wasn't good enough And he searched all night long Listen to Ravi Shankar for inspiration. And then he came up with this, which I think is one of the greatest rock and roll lines ever written today. I don't see how it ever can be topped, because he came up with something to describe how big and how beautiful and how wonderful his love was for this young girl in his math class, you know what I mean? He said, he said, bigger than a Cadillac I try to show you but you're driving me back, baby Your love for me got to be real I want to show you just how love feels, baby Love is love and not fade away Love is real and not fade away They study for 12 years before they're allowed to play a song. Oh my so, God. Huh. you know, it's a little different from three chords and, chords and a cloud of dust that we believe in. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, those are my, that's, that's my, I'm a one-trick pony. <laughs> three chords. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, you, 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 do, you do an E minor every once in a while or B minor. I don't, I'll keep it. I'll just keep it right there. Yeah, just imply it. <laughs> <laughs> like any changes? Nope, don't change. Just vamp. You know, going to the four is well, implied. Well, Ray anyway. Wiley Hubbard. Ray Wiley Hubbard is the guy that, that that's trying to get it down to just using one chord. So. <laughs> He's one of my favorites. He really is. And by the way, I'm I'm playing with Ray at the uh, uh, the Freight Salvage there in San Francisco the last day of the tour, the thirty. Okay, 31st. yeah, July thirty first. Okay, uh, with Ray Riley Hubbard, uh, Bob Livingston Music is the uh, website. So BobLivingstonMusic.com is where you can go to see all the tour dates, and we'll have the schedule up on our site. Yeah, if you uh, if you're listening and yeah. you're on, if you're listening on iTunes, uh, you can uh, immediately follow the link uh, that's on our description. But if you need it, it's Facebook.com slash Cal Country Show. Uh, of course, you know all things California and all things uh, just uh, wild, wild west out here. And uh, looking yes, forward to sir. having you, man. This is going to be this is going to so be great. Glad to, I'm so glad to be coming out. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, and thank you for doing the little show with us. And hopefully, we'll get to uh, maybe do another one down the road and, and uh, yeah. get an update. Yeah, absolutely, Bob. Let, let's do. Let's do anytime, anytime. I'm going to be coming out there a lot more. Well, we hope I think so. We're, we're talking about maybe coming back in, in November or December. So. I heard about that. You know, so you're uh, going to be uh, playing anywhere in Texas in December. I'll be there. Well, I'll be in Houston. <laughs> Texas in December. I don't know where I'll be in Texas in December, but I may. You know, I one of the things I play down at. I play little folk clubs. I play folk festivals. I do house concerts. I, I do a lot of stuff. I play with and without a band. This will be a solo tour. I love and, it. Uh, but I play. I play the Anderson Fair. Oh, I love. Yeah, that's down, right down the street yeah. from our house in Houston. That's right there in uh, where uh, Jessica's yeah. mama lives. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's called Montrose. Yeah. 
Montrose. We yes. have one of those. Uh. <laughs> Westheimer. And... <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. Well, uh, again, you can find Bob Livingston online at uh, BobLivingstonMusic.com. Uh, Please look him up and, and learn, and, uh, and and hopefully we'll have some great stories here. Of and course, stay tuned for the book. Yeah, the book. Hopefully, uh, at least, well, at least we have we have a couple chapters in it already. We do. You know, we've stolen that. Already, but I need more. So. Yeah. We need more. That's why we, we need part we, two. <laughs> we do need more. We need to hear that rolling dialogue. Wait, wait, wait till you hear about the about those foreign tours. That's as crazy as wild as anything you can think of. Well, we'll have to get you back on the show so we can, uh, you know, hear some Maybe more. Maybe we of those can chat, chat with you, or at least just a friendly chat when we see you next week. Next we Wednesday. are going to see you next week. Yeah, July twenty second at Maui Sugar Mill in Tarzana. Uh, there are no tickets in. Advance. It's just at the door, and it's a it's a donation to keep uh, great shows coming uh, from Maui Sugar Mall. It's our little country jam. So stick around after, and we'll uh, we'll play some. We'll all play tunes together. Well, that'd be, be a dream come true. Excellent. That'd be Excellent. great. Cool. Excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, Bob Livingston on the California Country Show, huh? Bob. <laughs> all right. Thank I'm you, boys. Concerns. Thank you very much, brother. Thank you, sir. Ruby's come up with something new. A shortcut to the sun If I was standing in Ruby's shoes I could be anyone I could be anyone I could be a rodeo dancer I could be anyone If you're the question I could be the answer time I saw her she was standing there on the Brazos River bank she had a rainbow in her hair I didn't know who to thank is that a wishing well and does it really make wishes come true I've got a secret to tell
Hey everybody, this is Tony Zamora from the L.A. band Tremoloco. Hey, I'm Megan Lindsay. It's David Raven from the Mojo Monkeys. This is Mark Christian from the band Merle Jagger. Hi, this is Kirsten, Aubrey, and Manda from, from Calico, Calico the, the band. band. Hey y'all, this is Todd Lowe from HBO's True Blood, and you're listening to the California Country Show, hosted by Just Dave Bernal and Casey Cannon. Cheers. <laughs> 